Hey, Wedpreneurs, welcome to episode 26 of the Smart Business for Wedding Pros podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about getting ready to go full-time in your wedding business. So if you're currently juggling a full-time job and your wedding business, this one's for you. This is your host, Mary Swafield, and welcome to the Wedpreneur podcast. Join me and my guests each week as I take a deep dive into wedding business best practices, examine challenges facing our industry, and interview wedding industry experts and thought leaders who will share their strategies for taking your wedding business to the next level. Whether you're new in the industry or a seasoned pro, each episode is filled with valuable information aimed to help you build and grow the wedding business that you are dreaming about. I'm ready if you are, so let's get started. All right, before we get into the details of today's episode, I want to thank you for tuning in. I know I've been MIA for a few weeks, but there's a really good reason for that. At the beginning of each year, I always spend a few days working on my business plan and my goals for the year. And one of the areas that I focus on, of course, are the programs and services that I offer. So for two years now, I've been offering WPI or Wedding Planners Intensive, which is a group coaching program. And of course, the Pricing Lab, my online pricing course. I am so proud of these programs and even more proud of all of the students who have participated in them. Shout out to you guys. But what I realized is there's an opportunity to revamp and expand these programs. So for the last few months, I've been laser focused on reviewing the current programs and looking for opportunities to make them bigger and better. I'm not quite ready to share the details just yet, but when I do, you will be the first to know. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss the big announcement. So I wanted you to know where I've been and what I've been up to. I'm still here and I've got lots of fantastic interviews and solo episodes coming up. All right, so let's talk about today's topic. I wanted to create this episode because I know that the vast majority of us started our wedding businesses while we were still working full time. So one of the most common questions I get asked is, how do I know when it's time to take the leap to being full time in my business? Well, today we're going to talk about that and more importantly, what you can do right now to start planning for that day. Are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. So I'm going to break this into three sections so that it's easy for you to follow. The first is going to be about time management. The second section is going to be about prioritizing tasks. And the third and final section will be about financial planning. All right, so let's start with time management. So when I first started my wedding planning business 11 years ago, I was actually on maternity leave after having uh, my youngest daughter, Lucy. So I hadn't had the opportunity to actually take maternity leave with my first two kids. I mean, I think I took a few months off, but it definitely wasn't a full leave. So when I had Lucy, I was over the moon excited about being able to take a full year maternity leave and to be able to be a stay-at-home mom for a year. So I had uh, visions of a perfectly cleaned house every day, home-cooked meals, time to go to the gym, field trips with my kids, and generally being able to be the kind of mom I always wanted to be. Well, let me tell you something. I tried that for six months before I realized that something was off. I was miserable. I was, of course, happy to spend more time with my kids and my husband at the time, but as it turns out, housekeeping and grocery shopping and cooking and playdates, let's just say that they're not really for me. Shout out to 
all of the stay-at-home moms out there, by the way. That is absolutely the hardest job of all, and I am in awe of the moms that can make it happen. Anyway, so I wasn't sure that I wanted to go back to my job as a program coordinator either. While I enjoyed my work, I knew it wasn't my passion. So I'm not going to get into the whole story about how I decided on becoming a wedding planner. It's a bit of a long story, so I'll save it for another episode. But with about six months left of my leave um, left, I started my wedding planning company, Lavish. So I will say that I had something of an advantage because I had six months to work on the business without having another job to worry about, and I did have some income coming in. Certainly not my full salary, but I had a partial salary. So uh, I did end up having to go back to work once my leave was over, but not at my old job, at a new one. And for over a year, I was juggling my job and running my business. And it was not easy. You guys know this. It is not easy. The hardest part was actually finding the time to work on my business and be available for my clients. Listen, running a business is hard to begin with, and it is even harder when time is really limited and you're tired from working an entirely separate job. So if you happen to have a family, your time is stretched even more. So it can feel at times, and I know that you've felt this before, like your time is being stretched in a million directions, and it can feel very frustrating and disheartening because you feel like you have all of these ideas and all of these plans for your business, and you really want to be able to push forward with them, but you're forced to move really slowly because, well, there are really only 24 hours in a day. Uh, sometimes, and I know I certainly went through this, you you may even feel like giving up because it can feel like you're never going to get to the point where you have enough time to focus on your business. And if you can't focus on your business, you're never going to make enough money to be able to leave your job. So it's like a total vicious circle. Am I right? So I want you to hear this part though. It does take time. It will be hard. You will be more exhausted than you ever thought possible, but it can happen as long as you stay focused, stay persistent, and don't give up, I promise. If you work hard and keep the faith, it will happen. But in the meantime, let's talk about some steps you can take to help you manage your time. Are you ready? Okay. Step number one, I want you to grab a piece of paper, as long as you're not driving, please don't grab a piece of paper if you're driving or in the shower um, or operating any heavy machinery, right? Uh, I w- but when you are in your office or at your home office and you're in a quiet area and you have a few minutes, I want you to grab a piece of paper and write down your weekly schedule. I want you to make a column for each day of the week. And uh, this doesn't have to be pretty, by the way. This is just for your eyes only. And it's just going to be a tool that we um, do something else with. So it can completely be on a scrap piece of paper. um, And it can be totally messy if you want. So I want you to grab a piece of paper and write down your weekly schedule with a column for each day of the week and list all of your regular commitments. So that's your work schedule. If you're like, if you have yoga classes, your kids swimming lessons, anything that is regular on your schedule. This should take you just a few minutes, and then I want you to look at all of the pockets of time that you have left over in your day, 
and make a realistic decision, the keyword being realistic, make a realistic decision about how much of that time you're going to devote to your business. It sounds really easy, but there are a few things I want you to take into consideration here. First, you need to make sure that you are making time for your friends and your family. This is really important, okay? And you also need to make sure that you're making time for you, as in time to relax and unplug and actually enjoy your life. This is also really important. And lastly, you need to be realistic about how much you can really handle. And this, I have completely done this. This I speak from experience here that if you get too ambitious with scheduling time for your business and it's not realistic, you'll actually end up being really stressed and frustrated with yourself even more so than you were to begin with. Okay. So get really realistic and look at that schedule and find those pockets of time. So here's something else to consider. If you find that after work, when you get home from your day job, you're completely depleted and exhausted, you may want to consider scheduling your business time before you go to your work in the morning. I know it sounds a little crazy, especially if you're not a morning person, but this is something I actually did and it really, really worked. It made a huge difference in my business. It took a few weeks to get used to, uh, but I really actually grew to love those few hours in the early morning when my kids were still asleep and I could focus 100% on the business with zero distractions. It did mean I had to start going to bed early at night, but it was 100% worth it. And I think often we don't look at those few hours in the morning as the opportunity to work on our business. Instead, we're constantly trying to fit in time after work or after the kids go to bed at night. And usually by that point in the day, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty brain dead. I'm exhausted. I'm tired of staring at a screen for sure. So to me, the idea of fitting that time in first thing in the morning, even though I'm so not a morning person, once it became a habit, it became something that I really loved to do. And as a bonus, when I did quit my job, I actually was so, it was so ingrained in me to get up early and get those few hours in that I kept on doing it before I had to get my kids to the school bus. And it was like the most focused, um, creative two hours of my day because I had done nothing else in the day yet to distract me or, uh, you know, get me off track. So it was really, really valuable. I highly recommend it. So now if you have a family, I want you to make sure that you're talking about this process with them. Running a business is hard work and it's hard work for your family too. I hear all the time from uh, wedding professionals even any other creative small business owners, that they often get the question from their family, like, why are you spending so much time on this, especially if it's not making money yet, right? I know you've probably heard that before. I certainly got pushback from my husband back then about the amount of time I was putting into this, especially right at the beginning when there's no real tangible results, right? So you want to sit down and have a conversation about it and get them on board. Make sure that they're okay with the amount of time that you will be potentially spending working on your business. And yes, they are going to have to make some sacrifices in order to support you. And it's really critical 
critical that you communicate that with them and that they are okay with it. And if they're not, then you're going to have to have a deeper conversation about how much they would be okay with. And if there's anything that you can do to alleviate some of the stress that's going to be on them. Okay, so ask for their feedback and make sure you take their concerns into consideration. So one of the things that I worked at with my family when I was going through this was that scheduling family time was really important and it was non-negotiable. So anytime I had family time input into my schedule, there was nothing that could um be more important than that. It didn't matter if I had a new client who wanted to meet with me or, you know, if I had a deadline coming up with a design proposal, that family time was 100% sacred. And that was part of my agreement with my family in exchange for them giving up extra time with me. Okay. This also made sure that they knew that they were a priority to me and that it was really, it was also really good for my mindset, actually. Knowing that I had family time to look forward to every single day, it just helped me feel like I had something to look forward to. I also made sure that I put my schedule up for everyone to see. So for example, on your fridge or wherever, I actually put it on the door to my home office so that my family could respect sort of as as a flip side of me saying that my family time is non-negotiable, I also wanted them to respect that when I was in business time, um, I wasn't to be disturbed. It wasn't an opportunity for my kids to come in and out of my office a hundred times a day, though they certainly tried, especially at first. And that if I was going to respect family time, I actually needed them to respect my business time as well. Okay. So now you've got some time set aside every day for your business, which is a great first step. Let's move on to step number two. So step number two is all about time blocking. So you've probably heard me talk about time blocking before, either here on the podcast or in the Facebook group. And that's because I'm a huge fan of the strategy particularly because I have so many competing priorities between all of my businesses. So time blocking allows you to pre-plan how you're going to spend the time that you have available to work on your business. It can feel a little restrictive at first. I've had some feedback from some of my coaching clients who feel like, you know, it's just too overly scheduled and I don't feel like there's um, flexibility with it. And yeah, it does kind of feel like that at first, but I promise you, especially because we're so used to multitasking and being really reactive to what we work on at any given time, I promise you that within a few weeks of implementing time blocking, you're actually going to start to feel a tremendous sense of freedom because you know that you've blocked off time every single week to get done what needs to get done in your business. Okay. So the first step to time blocking is to decide on some very specific areas of focus that will need regular attention. So some basic areas to think about are things like responding to emails, marketing or social media, um, client work, financials, administrative work, professional development, just to name a few. Once you've figured out all of the main focus areas, you're going to want to figure out how often you need to work on each area. So for example, email is probably something you need to schedule time for every single day, whereas financials, and what I mean by financials is uh, tracking your expenses or updating your budget, tracking your revenue and so on. So finances is something that you may actually only need to schedule time for once a week. So you want to go through your list of all those different focus areas and determine, is this something I need 
to do daily, multiple times a day, a couple times a week, or once a week, what's it going to be? Now, you're probably wondering how and where you're going to keep track of all of this. So I've done it two different ways, on a spreadsheet and then also directly in my calendar. So either one works. I recommend starting out with the spreadsheet because that way you can really play around with the times and days a little bit without having to mess with your actual calendar. And here's the good news. So the freebie for today's episode is actually my time blocking template. It's an Excel doc, so you can customize it to your schedule really easily. And then when you're ready, you can add the blocks of time to your calendar. How awesome is that? So to get the free time blocking template, I want you to head to thewedpreneur.com slash 26 download. So that's two six download. So in the Excel template, you'll see that the example I've provided in there is obviously based on not having a full-time job, but all you'll need to do is block off your work hours and then use the hours that you've set aside for your business to fill in your focus areas. Super easy. So go to thewedpreneur.com slash 26 download to get that free time blocking template. Okay, so you might be thinking, what if I only have a few hours a week to work in my business? Here's the thing. The number of hours you have available to work on your business is going to directly determine how quickly you'll be able to start thinking about leaving your job. So there's just no way around that. If you don't have the time to work on marketing or your clients, it's going to take you longer to build your business to the point that you're making enough money to take that leap. I'm not saying it's not possible to do it, but I want to be really realistic with you about how long that may take you. You may need to go back to step one and look at your schedule again and look for opportunities to add more business time to your schedule. So this might mean making some sacrifices, like maybe canceling the art class that you just signed up for or scheduling time with your friends every other week rather than every week. But it is important to make time for your friends and family and you. So you're going to have to work on finding the right balance that works for you and your family and your business. It's not easy, but it is temporary. And I want you to really keep that in your mind that it's not going to be like this forever. So as you input all of this information into your time blocking template, um, I want you to test it out for a couple of weeks and see what works for you. So I can tell you that the first time I implemented this in my business, it took me a couple of tries and, and sort of juggling things and moving things around a little bit before I really found a great rhythm for my week. So don't be afraid to change things up if you, for example, find that you're putting email responses first thing in the morning. But if you try that out and find that you get really easily distracted by the emails and it leads you to sort of get off of your schedule, then you may want to put that to your lunch hour while you're at your job or in the evening. Play around with it. You'll find what works for you as long as you're willing to just stick to it and really turn it into a habit that you follow. Okay, so that's time blocking. I now want to talk about the next big section that we're going to focus on, which is prioritizing tasks. So I want to share the exact process that I use that will help you get things done in the limited amount of time that you have available to you. So this is what's called a priority process, and it is a lifesaver in my business. This process is all about figuring out 
what are the most important tasks you need to accomplish every week in order to keep your business running smoothly and moving forward. Here's how it works. So you can do this on a piece of paper or on a computer, or if you use a project management tool like Asana, you can do it directly in there as well. So that's what I use. So if you don't know about Asana, it's a free program. There is a paid option that you can upgrade to, but I've been using the free version for years now, and it does everything I need it to do. So, and it allows you to create projects that have tasks and due dates. I use it for so much in my business from my priority process to my actual wedding planning system to everything. It's amazing, and I will link to it in the show notes. So if you haven't checked out Asana, there's also different options like Trello that you can look into, um, but I'll link to it in my show notes, and you can definitely check it out. So whichever method you choose, I want you to choose a specific time each week that you're going to commit to spending 15 to 20 minutes doing this process. And of course, you're going to add it to your time blocking schedule. So I like to do mine first thing on Monday morning because I find it's really helpful for me to start my my week really organized, but you can do it honestly whenever feels best to you. I know I have some uh, students of mine who do it Sunday evenings. I have um, some who do it in the middle of the week, whatever's going to work best for you based on your schedule. I want you to set a timer for five minutes, use your phone, use an actual timer if you have one, set it for five minutes. And in that five minutes, I want you to just do a big brain dump. I want you to write down in no order everything that you need to get done this week in your business. Don't try and organize it yet. That's one of the future steps. This first step is just about getting that to-do list out of your brain and onto paper or onto the computer. Don't eat, don't think about it. Just let the information flow from your head to your fingertips. So, and here's a tip, by the way, if something pops into your head that isn't business related, and this happens to me all the time, something, you know, managing a family is also one giant to-do list in your head. Am I right? Um, so if that happens, write it down to you, but just make sure you write them in a separate piece of paper, uh, on a separate piece of paper or in a different column. This way you're still getting those tasks out of your brain and you can look at those items a different time. Okay, so once the five minutes is up and you've got everything you could think of written down, if you're using paper, I want you to grab a highlighter or a different colored pen. And if you're on the computer, then you can use the highlighting function. If you're on Asana, I want you to create a new section and call it priority one. Now, I want you to go back through the list that you created, and I want you to identify the to-dos that are urgent or have very specific deadlines coming up. So an example of that might be uh, confirming a meeting with your client or replying to an inquiry that you've just received, but only pick tasks that absolutely need to be taken care of this week. Those are your priority number one tasks, okay? Now, once you've got those marked, you're going to go back to your list again and figure out your priority two tasks. These are tasks that are important and likely need to get taken care of this week, but they're not as urgent as those priority one tasks. So now you're going to highlight those tasks, your priority two tasks, a different color, or if you're using Asana, you can create another section called priority two and input them into that section. And that's it. I mean, perhaps you thought this was going to be a really complicated, complex system, but it really is simple and simplicity is key when it comes to task management. So what about all of those items that are still on your list? 
These are your bonus tasks or next week tasks. So what I mean by this is if you get everything done on priority number one and priority number two lists, I want you to go back to your original list and you can pick some bonus tasks to complete that week. Now, the trick here is don't overdo it. You don't want to start, if you get everything done on priority one and priority two, like halfway through the week, you don't want to take that same amount of tasks and dump them into your to-do list. Just start with one or two bonus tasks, add them to your task list. And if you get those done, you can pick two more and do it that way. I find sometimes that it's really tempting. If I had like 27 tasks in my priority one and two, it's really tempting to get 27 more tasks um, because I feel like I'm on a roll. But what'll happen is mentally, I'll actually start to feel stressed and overwhelmed. So my rule of thumb is when I'm working on the bonus tasks for the week, I only input two at a time. And I can keep doing two if I'm you know, getting really efficient and getting a lot of stuff done that week, but I still only commit to doing two tasks at a time. Okay, so if you don't have time for bonus tasks, that's totally okay. The bonus tasks are just that. They're just a bonus. It's the icing on the cake. Um, Because you're going to repeat this exercise every week, you'll actually start by reviewing the tasks that were left over from the week before. So anything that is left on the list that didn't make it to priority one, didn't make it to priority two, didn't make it to the bonus tasks, you're going to start the next week by writing all of those leftover tasks done. Okay. You may find some of them don't matter anymore, so you can cross those out. But the ones that are left, I want you to start the new list by writing those down at the top of your list, and then you're going to start the process all over again. You guys, this is a very simple, simple process, but it is extremely effective, especially if you make this just like your time blocking into a habit that you repeat every week. A few things about this process. So first of all, it may seem really obvious, but make sure you're ch- you're crossing things off or checking things off when you're done. Or if you're in Asana, you can check them off using uh, the option to check them off. There is so much satisfaction in doing this. It is like one of my favorite things to do. Second of all, I want you to make sure you're not overloading your priority one and priority two list each week. You need to look at how much time you have available to work on your business and then assign the appropriate number of priority one and priority two tasks to get done. So if you find that there's too many tasks on there on your priority one and two lists, I want you to look for some that you can remove and put them back on that bonus list. And finally, this process can take practice, but like I said, it is a really great habit to get into. I seriously can't imagine, I cannot imagine how crazy my life would be if I didn't do this process every single week. I'm pretty sure my head would completely explode off my shoulders. There's just too much going on, too much juggling in my life with my three kids and the two businesses and everything going on. So for me, this is just so critical in keeping me organized. And people ask me all the time, how do you manage to stay so organized? How do you manage to keep on top of things? Well, this is my secret sauce. Okay, so now you have a plan for uh, time management and for prioritizing the tasks that you need to get done. So the next thing we're going to cover are your finances. So truthfully, this could be and probably will be an entire episode or two all on its own. 
And I do specifically cover this topic extensively in the Pricing Lab program, but today I'm going to share some high-level strategies to help you start planning so that you can look towards going full-time with your wedding business. So before I start implementing, or sorry, before you start implementing what I'm going to teach you here, I want you to take a few hours to get your financial house in order. So this means getting really clear about what your expenses are and what your revenue is. Again, I spent a lot of time diving really deep into this in the pricing lab, but at the most basic level, you need to know what's coming into your business and what's going out of your business. Once you've done that, the first and most critical step of this piece is to open two new bank accounts or three if you don't already have a separate business account. So one is going to be your business checking account. This is the one that you're going to pay, use to pay your business expenses and where your revenue comes into. And the other two are going to be savings account. So one is to save for your taxes, and the second one is to save for that super exciting moment when you get to leave your full-time job behind. This is really important because if you're anything like me, trying to manage all of your money from one account, or worse, mixing your business and personal money in one account is super overwhelming, and to be honest, makes it really, really easy to mismanage your money. You will be so happy that you took the time to open these accounts. Trust me on this one. I know this probably sounds really obvious, but my experience is that while most of us know that what I'm about to tell you is important, not very many of us actually follow through with this. And here's the thing. This is a major, major reason why so many business owners struggle to go full-time with their business. It's also why so many wedding businesses struggle even when the owner is full-time. So here it is. Every single time you receive money in your business, you're going to divide it up into three buckets. So do you remember when we were kids and our parents told us to divide our allowance up into jars? Or is that just me? Okay, well, either way, it's the same idea. You're going to take a specific percentage of your revenue, the money that your clients are paying you, and you're going to put it in your tax account right away. So what that percentage is, is going to depend on your specific situation. So it depends on how your business is set up and also the tax rate in your area. So I recommend you check with your accountant to figure out what an approximate percentage would be. Um, for me, I put 30% in my tax account, which is high, but I not only use uh, that tax savings account to pay my taxes every year, I also use it to pay for my accountant's tax preparing services. Super smart, right? So by doing this, I know that I don't have to worry about paying taxes or paying my accountant at tax time because I've been saving for both of those things all year long. So the next step is deciding what percentage of your revenue you're going to put into the other savings account to save for when you go full time. This is super important, you guys, because I know that some people take the leap and quit their jobs without having any savings to fall back on. Yeah, you can do it. You certainly can do it. But I'll tell you from experience, that's a mistake. It is not the smartest way to start out because you have no plan B. You have nothing to fall back on and you'll end up needing to use almost all of your business revenue just to pay the bills and keep a roof over your head. I've seen it a million times. It is what holds so many wedding professionals back in their business. 
Instead, I want you to promise me, I want you to make a commitment right here, right now, that you're going to start saving right now, even if you can only save a little bit at a time. So how much you save, what that percentage is for that second savings account is going to be totally up to you. You're going to need to look at what your recurring business expenses are and also how much, if any, of your business revenue you're using for personal reasons, whether it's paying for bills or just paying for that large latte every morning. So just a thought on this, if your full-time job covers all of your normal expenses, my advice is to get really, really disciplined about your business revenue and put 100% of it towards your business expenses, your savings, and your tax account, okay? This is not the time to be using that revenue to go on a big trip or splurge on new shoes. The more disciplined you are with this money, the faster you'll be able to leave your job and do this full time. Does that make sense? Okay. So as an example, if you figured out that your monthly expenses are around $250 a month and you're bringing in about $1,000 per month on average, you're going to put $250 in your tax account, assuming your tax percentage is say 25%, which leaves you with $500 or 50% to put into your business savings account. Now that may sound really high to you. 50% is a high number, but the percentage is really going to depend on your expenses. So here's a little tip. Make it a personal goal for 2019 to get really lean with your expenses. I want you to evaluate them regularly and ask yourself, are there any areas that I can cut down or trim to keep my expenses as low as possible? At this stage in your business, when it's basically your side hustle, you want to be as tight as possible with these expenses and really focus on what your business needs versus what you want. So ask yourself, do you really need that fancy software program to manage your inquiries? Can you get by with just a spreadsheet for now? These are really tough questions that I want you to ask yourself because by sacrificing some of these things now, you're actually going to be investing into the future of your business because it will get you to that full-time stage much, much sooner. So anywhere you can save, I encourage you to do it. So now that you've got three accounts and you've got your plan to pay for your expenses, a plan to pay save for your taxes, and a plan to save for when you go full time, you are ready to rock. How exciting. This is really such an important step towards making that leap to full time. So let's go back to that question that I get asked all of the time. How do I know when it's the right time to take the leap and quit my job? From a financial standpoint, here's my somewhat unpopular answer. Do not take the leap. Do not quit your full-time job until that savings account has the equivalent of six months of your current take-home pay in it. Yep, six months. This is a reasonable cushion to have, and it essentially means that you're giving yourself six months to get your business to a point where you're bringing home enough money to maintain the lifestyle you had before quitting your job. Trust me, having this much saved up is going to make your life so much easier and your business so much easier because you'll be able to fall, you'll be able to rest easy knowing that you have a fallback plan. And you'll be able to focus on what you should be focusing on, which is your business. 
There you have it, guys. I have shared with you three specific strategies for preparing to go full-time. Time management, prioritizing tasks, and financial planning. I hope you found this useful. And of course, don't forget to head to the wedpreneur.com 2-6 download to get your freebie this week. Before I sign off today, I want to say one more thing to those of you who are juggling a full-time job and a business. I know how hard it is. I know how frustrating it is. I know that sometimes you feel like it'll never happen to you, that you'll never be able to quit your job. But I'm here to tell you, seriously, it will happen. It'll take some blood, sweat, and tears. But if you want it badly enough, you will make it happen. Do not quit. Do not give up. Work hard, harder than you've ever worked before, and do not quit. If you want this, if you really, really want this, only you can make it happen. It's going to take so much hard work and discipline and perseverance, and it is not for the weak at heart. But I'm telling you from my heart to yours that this will happen for you. And when you're struggling and second-guessing yourself and feeling like it's impossible, I want you to come back to this episode and listen to the last two minutes and listen to it again and again, okay? You've got this. I know you can do it. Okay, everyone, that is it for today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you won't miss a single episode. And if you're not already a member of the Wedpreneur community, head on over to thewedpreneur.com slash join and get yourself signed up. It is fabulous and it is free. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Wedpreneur Podcast. I'm so incredibly grateful to all of my listeners and would like to take a moment to invite you to keep the conversation going. Head on over to my free online community at thewedpreneur.com forward slash join. If you enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word by leaving us an honest review on iTunes. I appreciate each and every one of you and welcome your feedback. Until next time.